tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Woohoo! All right! Welcome back, gang, to another edition of Red Sox Rap 360 alongside the Sultan of the Sabermetrics, Bobby DeMiro. I'm Mike Conley. What's going on? Sorry we left you hanging last week, gang. We're busy transitioning into our beautiful, spacious new studios here in the lovely North Hollywood. So uh, forgive us with any hiccups in the program. We're just getting used to these new digs. It looks the exact same from the viewer's perspective. It is different. It's a different location. It's a different setup. It's cool. I mean, it's, it, the good thing is it's no uh, no change for the viewers, so it's uninterrupted. You know, and it's about twelve just, minutes close to my house, which is nice. <laughs> just just last Sunday we were off, but we're here this Sunday. We're here next Sunday. Sox will not be making the playoffs, so next Sunday will be the finale. Um, let me ask you this on air. Let me That's put a little true. pressure in you on air from oh, our hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of viewers. Here we go. All twelve of them. Should we do the Sunday after next? So next Sunday is the last day of the season, the ultimate getaway day, the 2015 getaway day, go mm-hmm. golfing for six months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should we do the following Sunday a season recap? Oof. I get this little thing kind of coming down with, and it's called uh, football fever. So uh, maybe we make a wrap-up show on like a weekday or something so I can have – first sunday football i mean i've been having to stay sober these sunday mornings it's been uh, a little bit of an uphill climb have you have you needed to drink with the patriots winning by what 41 today i mean against jacksonville what did they end up winning by they were up by 41 late i i don't pay attention to the score i'm just hoping we're playing four quarters of good football that's oh about shut it. up <laughs> hey i'm from the belichickian school i mean that's the fandom as well but uh, you know we can't we can't get into football. We got to talk about the Sox. I mean, this is a great team to watch right now. You know, and all you people that have fallen off the bandwagon, they're not watching the games. You watch Red Sox Rap Three Sixty because we watch the games, so you don't have to. That's the beauty of this program. But um, they've been playing well, play, playing some spirited ball. Some youngins are doing some things, even some old retreads. I mean, Rich Hill, what are you talking about? <sighs> Go home. Go home and you find your way, That's right? That's it. He's Milton, a Massachusetts guy. Milton Mass' yeah. own. Rich Hill. I don't Make know what to say. I mean, when they stuck him out there for that first thing, I was like, oh, my God. But but to be fair, it's all or nothing, generally speaking, because either the Red Sox have incredible pitching, like Rich Hill, like Henry Owens has been doing lately. Henry Owens. They have a couple days where they completely explode on offense, more than you could ever hope for, scoring 8 and 10 runs and whatever. Uh-huh. And then for three or four days in a row against Tampa, they get about four hits. Yeah. So... Uh, that that's that's uh, you know not a great team. A great team is consistent, right? And that's just like so many other teams. That's why they're seventy five and eighty right now. But I will give it to you. They're they're finishing better than I thought they would. I thought this team was going to be a ninety loss team, borderline like eighty seven, eighty eight losses. They mm-hmm. mathematically cannot lose eighty eight. They play. Do, do they have an off day Monday, or are they playing straight through the week? They're playing straight through the week. They got seven okay, so left, seven right? Left. So yeah. they got four at the Bronx, and then finish up with three in Cleveland. So. 
we just effectively, I think, with the sweep of the Baltimore Orioles, took them out of any type of playoff. I mean, they didn't yeah. even score a run. Yeah, well, they weren't going to make it either. But, yeah, that, I mean, that's it for them. Dude, um, three straight, three straight shutouts. First time the Sox have done that since April of 04. Okay. I'm surprised it's been that recent. Right, right. So it was Pedro Schilling. Give me the third pitcher. April of 04. Oh, boy. Okay, this yeah. is either. Can, can, can I have three guesses? Yes. Okay, first guess, I'm going to go a little more obvious and I'll say Derek Lowe. Nope. You should get this, though. So it's a former Rocky. Boom, boom. A former Rocky in April of 04. Who was with the Rockies before April of 04 who would have gone to Boston after and pitched a shutout or, or thrown in a shutout? I think it was post. I think he was with the Rockies after the Red Sox. Oh, that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm thinking, but he was a reliever, so it wouldn't be Alan Embry, but mm-hmm. he was with the Rockies after the Red Sox. Okay. I'm thinking it's not Franklin Morales because this is way too early for him. Um, God, Franklin Morales, how about that guy? Um, <laughs> Gotta love Franklin. <laughs> um, oh, man, this is great. Okay, let's keep talking about baseball okay. and give me okay. like five minutes. And okay, I'll come sit back. on that yeah. one. Yeah. Sit on that one. April of 04. April of 04, he played for the Rockies after. The okay. I believe so. Cool. I believe so. I, I know I see him in. A, I'm pretty sure I see him in a Rockies uh, uniform. Huh. All right. But uh, yeah, let me know about that one once you get that one. But uh, so we haven't seen you for two weeks. So going back just to recap what the Sox have done in those two weeks. Uh, you know they dropped two out of three to the O's before, obviously. Uh, uh, sweeping them this last time, they took two out of three from Toronto for the second time in two series versus them, and they, they just uh, they really show. And that that game they came back in, uh, was that the second game of that? Um, mm-hmm. What they do? Score five in the ninth? Yes. Yeah. And that was the first time all year they had um, come back after losing after eighth inning, and it was the first loss for Toronto doing that. Yeah, score. I, you know, well, score five in the ninth, and then give up two of your own in the ninth. Hey, our, our new closer Ross, maybe not. I know you got to do it for the rest of the year, but definitely not the long term guy. That's one of the things the Red Sox need to decide this offseason is do do Tazawa and Uehara are they coming back? Are they healthy? What's the deal? Or do we go get another closer for safety even? They definitely. I mean, you know who I hear is, might be available is John Papelbon. Wow. I mean, he's, he's strangling teammates in the Nationals wow. dugout. Yeah. Did I you think... see that today? Really? Are, are you didn't see this? Okay. In the Nationals game today, the Nationals have collapsed. Yeah. Bryce Harper didn't run out. I think it was a ground ball. Either ground ball or pop up. Didn't run it out. Just walking back to the dugout, and they get Papelbon on video saying, "Hey, man, run it out. Run it out." Harper walks into the dugout. They get in a shouting match. Papelbon strangles him in the dugout, and they start fighting. <laughs> oh, my Lord. How did I not see the this? The Nats have collapsed. Wow. Totally collapsed. They, that so, is definitely the team that has done exactly that. That's the collapse. most disappointing team in all of baseball this year, bar none. Um, For, but, like, the third straight year. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they had high expectations last year. They did. Uh, but that being said, Jonathan Papelbon might be available. Do you have anything left in the tank? Oh, man. That would not be good. I think we've done our time with Babylon. <laughs> I mean, I think really you have to kind of – I mean, this is where your scouting makes its money. You have to look around the league, and there's guys that, are, you know, diamonds in the rough, and you have to go find these guys, you know. It's like it's like Belichick does with linebackers, you know. He sees the guy, oh, you're not going to be able to afford this guy? Oh, yeah, okay, pluck, boom. And this guy, okay, we can give him a 40% increase because we like his style. Boom. And then you get arms in there and you piece it together. I mean, 
I think I w- I've been pretty uh, harsh on uh, Craig Breslow this year. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, he did pretty good in his first start ever as a 35-year-old. Have, have him start 35 games next year. Boom. 35 four-inning starts. <laughs> I mean, I like having, like, three lefties out of the pen. I like that. Yeah. But I think they just have to get better than Tommy Lane, Robbie Ross, and Craig Breslow. They do, and, and yeah. I think the three lefties thing is actually misguided in the National League. You you would love three lefties. Right. Even if one were like a long reliever, and if you had to use him, you could. But right. in the AL, you don't have the same pinch hitting thing going on. You can use them. I think one is, you need one, and I think two is ideal. Yeah, yeah, So, But from those, can you pick a good two or go get another one? Go get a decent one from somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, because I don't see any of those guys as my, like, go-to lefty, you know? Like, they're more like lefty specialists because they're not that good. To, to get yeah. guys off from both sides of the plate. They're just lefty specialists because they happen to throw left-handed, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm giving the bullpen a hard time because over this past two weeks they did pretty good. I mean, the, good. that that Breslow outing obviously ended a shutout and, you know, six relievers kind of uh, combined on that. So that that was awesome to see. And even in that, uh, that extra inning game they lost when uh, versus Baltimore, the bullpen threw – not like 9.2 innings of mm-hmm. two-run ball. Oh, the week you know? before that 13-inning game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, any game you play that goes 11, 12, 13 in this day and age, yeah. and your bullpen blows it in the 13th, 14th inning, you can't ask for anything else. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to not score for another 10 innings. So for them to do that for that long and give up a run, hey, that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But they, they they were cruising right along, so that was impressive. Now in Baltimore, bullpen actually outdid us in that one. They yeah. did an eight-innings pitch with one earned run, but... You know, I mean, in our little uh, side wager off the air, I mean, that's that's actually still, that's not in the books yet. And, I mean, I, I think when you... It'll when be in you, the books. When you talk about two months ago, you know, you were pretty confident that it would be in the books at this time. And if the Red Sox somehow prolifically come off with a 7-0 and run here to finish it, they it'll won't. be you treating me to lunch, sir. They won't. All right. They won't. They will finish 70... 70- I think this next seven days, you look at teams who are motivated, and I think the Yankees and Indians are motivated. And or the positions are going to get locked up, so maybe they lose their motivation. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think the Red Sox going on the road. It's seven on the road. Seven on the road. Good luck. Good luck with that with that wager. You got to win okay. seven games. It's true. I'll be celebrating Monday night. I just want the Toronto to clinch. Yeah. The division while we're in the Bronx. And you know that'll, that'll just be you know a little <laughs> bit you know entertaining that that we had something to do to to knock them out of that's great and even Cleveland the Cleveland should be out of it by the point time we get to them you know they may just look enough yeah they, they probably will be out of it aren't you trying now to not finish in the cellar isn't that the next goal we are out of the cellar after today's win but I'm saying after seven more games who knows what's going to happen the yeah. goal now is you could even finish in third legitimately. Yeah, I think that's probably their goal, yeah. finishing third. Maybe they're even uh, after the pipe dream of going 500, which would be a 6-1 and finish here towards the end. So. I think I think for young guys, I know that fans will see this. Fans of the Red Sox who have seen three World Series in the last decade will say it doesn't matter, I don't care, you can lose all seven, who gives a damn, and you're right, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But if you're taking Jackie Bradley and Xander Bogarts and all these young guys on this team, and if you sit them down and say this next seven days, this is your best of seven playoff series, you got to win six or whatever the goal is. Yeah. You have to do this, and we have to finish here. This is our playoffs. Mm. I think those kids learn something from that, even if it's a little bit of, you know, fake 
fire lit under their asses. That'd be an odd uh, playoff format, a seven-game series where you have to win, win six. six. Wow. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. That it's is your tough. Last, it's your last I know week. you like some uh, reform. You like <laughs> you like change, but uh, you know that's a little haywire. Play, play in the playoffs until t- until one of two teams wins six in a row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> playoffs last three years. Oh boy. But um, we got to talk a little bit about Rich Hill. I yep. mean, I know we mentioned him, Milton Mass's finest, but I mean his three starts. He went seven innings pitch, not giving up a run, gave up one hit in that outing. Then he, you know, stubbed his toe a little bit by only going seven innings pitch and allowing three earned runs. And then this gem the other night, a two hitter, complete game. And and Mookie making that catch. I know insanity. I know. And you know, you do you talk about throwing that kid into the mix and how he just absorbs everything and just is learning stuff. He's even learned how to not fall into the bullpen. When making a uh, sick catch, I mean, because you see, you know, he makes the catch and then it's like grabs on. Yeah. The kid learns. He can learns from his mistakes, and he looks awesome in right field. Yeah, and I was gonna say, looks healthy too. Remember, we had that healthy. issue. We had looks- a little concern. What two months ago? Well, I mean, he went ass over tea kettle into the bullpen and fall on a squash. I mean, that's he was a little woozy. Yeah, and he's entitled. That was a uh, hell of a play. But uh, yeah, so he's 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 around, and you know, as much as I've been falling in love with this outfield and want to see it intact next season, you know how I always talk about it's like the stock market, the stock market buy low, sell high, and all that stuff. If you could sell him high this off season, you're talking Mookie. No, 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 no. dear God, no. Uh, I'm talking Jackie Bradley Jr. Oh, okay, okay, then. The right off came along. I, I could see that. You know? Join the club, pal. You know? Because next year you're going to be selling him low. I've been saying this all year. Right, right. I've been saying this all summer. You have. But maybe we won't be selling him low. I mean, he seems like a kind of a streaky guy, but as we saw in August, when he gets on one of those hot streaks, he can be, you know, Ruthian, you know? I mean, it was like... Uh, uh, Every four out of every five hits was going for extra bases, you know. I mean, the guy could still be a doubles machine, you know. He can hit 50 doubles, 20 bombs. I think he has that in him, so. But, 50, 50 doubles is a lot of doubles, especially is. in a pitcher's era. That's a lot of doubles. Guys, two for his last 21 going into Sunday. Oof. He was on a big slide uh, in that, that uh, comeback game, too, the yeah. one we were talking about. And then he got those, like, two big hits, one, two, twice to tie it. And then, uh, who won that one? That was so long ago. See, we can't skip a week. Hey, man, it wasn't up to me. You know? It wasn't up to me. (sighs) I'm so out of sorts. (laughs) Are you out of sorts because you skipped a week, or you out of sorts because last night was Saturday night and you had a little too much fun? Well, yeah, I mean, it's not like a usual Saturday occurrence. You know, it was a friend of mine having a little housewarming thing, and I just, you know, chose to skimp on buying legitimate whiskey and went with something really bad. And it's... (laughs) It's I, I'm paying for it. I'm paying for it. But I mean, that, you know, I I I'm. Did you? Okay, I'm not naive. I knew I know going in. Question. Yeah. Did you get up for the Patriots game this morning here on the West Coast? These games started like six a.m. It feels I like. did. I was nine forty-five scrambling. Had no place to go to watch it, and then my boy provided a place. So went over with my buddies and watched that. So that was good. How do you think? How what do you think about the Jaguars this year? They're the uphill climb. They're they're a, they're a game group. They really played spirited out there today, but uh, they just didn't have enough for number four hundred. Uh, Tommy Brady oh, jo- joining the four hundred club. Four hundred. Do you think? A, pass. Do you think a Brady suspension? Had he been suspended those four games, you think Jacksonville would have pulled it out with him? 
I think Jimmy G gets this one. Even, <laughs> you know, I mean, Jacksonville's just a tick or two off. They they got some. They'll, they'll have some growing to do. <laughs> yeah, they have some growing to do, but. You really just want them to play all four quarters. That's the issue. That's that's really what it is. Yeah. And, and just improve every week. Yeah. I mean, we can turn this into Pat's Rap 360. We'll <laughs> talk about the interior offensive line and how that's really been uh, the story of the season so far, as far as I'm concerned. I just wanted you on record again for the second time yeah, to yeah. tell me that wins don't matter. You want them to play all four quarters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what it is. You know, it's kind of like in baseball when you keep saying the wins don't matter. You know, same deal. You know, it's about getting better each week. Okay. You know, but this is the the Pat Fu season. It's it's like the same as when uh, Spygate happened. They're just going to try and run this. It's kind of like a team like Ohio State who's got a weak strength of schedule. Yeah. So they have to run it up on everybody to get the computers to do it. Exactly like that. We foot on the gas. I mean, the dudes. Tom Brady's taking knees out there. Let Jimmy G go take some knees. You know. I mean, once you get up, you're up 30 points in the fourth quarter. Let the franchise take, well, take a few off. When the Patriots play Hawaii and Eastern Michigan and South Florida, you yeah. let me know. Well, Brady will still be in there firing balls because that's <laughs> that's what's happening this year. It's like, okay, Commissioner. Uh, you want parity in the league? Guess what? We're going to destroy the parity by beating everybody by 50. That's just what they're going to set out to do. It's going to be another seventeen and zero season. This time we're going to finish it off in the playoffs. That's I will 16. I will bet another lunch on that no, right now. Settle down, settle down. <laughs> I'm just I'm just getting excessive. You know, I think it's important to mix a little loss in there as a learning experience. Who so are hopefully you? that'll come in. You know, well, this is the new guy. This is the new Pat's Route three sixty. Different guy entirely. Not the Red Sox. Route it's guy. like life lesson guy. Hey guys, we're not here to talk stats or wins we're here to learn from the game or give you a sound bite we're just here to talk some cliches you know this is it's the opposite it's bill chicken it's bill chicken i love it it's so good <laughs> back to His the socks uh, back to the socks okay. <laughs> what do you think all right this restructuring it seems to be coming into clear focus now mm-hmm. okay jerry depoto's gone he's gonna get like a, a sit gm somewhere yeah he should I mean. they, but they want to keep him around but i think he's gonna get somebody's gm job he is yeah yeah they'd like to keep him around. it seems like they're just Hiring. I mean, was Lacino doing this much that we have to hire three people to split his duties now? I that mean, would surprise since... me. You know, I was actually surprised and a little disappointed. They interviewed Quentin McCracken, former Rocky. Former Rocky. He sure uh, is. But the Astros, I believe, player development guy right now. Okay. And a Duke guy, really smart guy, went to college at Duke, very intelligent baseball guy, been in the game forever, not just as a player now. I wish that they would have taken a guy like that and used him, found a role for him. I don't know if GM would have been the role. If they're really, really high on this guy, Hazen, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I wish they would have taken a guy like that. The Dodgers did with Gabe Kapler. You take these players who retired relatively recently and put them in player development roles, they get it. They mm-hmm. understand development. They've lived it. Um, I think those are interesting things. I only worry, my only concern is with guys like Dombrowski, and this is true of any operation, any team in the league, the further you are removed from the game, and Dombrowski wasn't a player himself. You don't have to be a player. But the further you're removed from the game, the older you are, the longer you've been in it, the more set in your ways you become is one concern. And then the other one is promoting from within. I think you've got to be a little concerned about promoting a GM from within. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Dombrowski's new, so maybe you say, well, there's a different voice above him. Right. So the GM can do what he wants, and you have a different voice leading him, and something different will happen. But any time, and I've seen this with the Rockies, that you promote a GM from within, you always wonder, different regime, or are they going to do the same stuff that got him here in the first place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like you got a little bit of different, a little bit of, they wanted to keep some continuity, hence the Hazen sign, but he really is just kind of like that. 
face, you know? He's in the GM role, but you got, like, Dombrowski, and now you got Frank Wren being brought in, who's yeah. an old Dombrowski boy that worked together in the past. And it just seems like they're the guys behind the curtain, you know? And the guy that has the press conference is the GM, but it's kind of like a puppet regime, you know? The same thing why Theo left. The same thing Sherrington had his head as Phil for and didn't want to hang along with hearing from another person as well, you know? And the, those those guys were behind some awful moves, you know? Uh, and so now is that going to continue and it's not going to be Lucchino and Warner anymore? It's going to be Dombrowski and Wren and then just having the kid do the press conferences no matter if he wants to sign the guy or not, you know? It's like, like I say this all the time, it's not every year where somebody, you're going to be able to, you know, fleece the Dodgers into taking a quarter billion dollar payrolls off your hand. That isn't going to happen. I mean, I think we see that this year when we, uh, we're trying to dump, you know, Hanley and, and Pablo, but... It's going to be interesting to see what to do. All right, here's an inflammatory statement for you. Okay? Oh, boy. I don't stand by this, whatever it is. Yeah, that's very well. Um, <laughs> they could do worse things mm-hmm. than Stan Pat. Stan Pat as far as what? Stan Pat as far as, like, not coming back with the same exact team, but, like, not getting rid of any prospects. And just allowing them to grow one more year and tinkering with the bullpen, you know, lose use some lesser prospects. But I don't think you obviously have to make that big splash, you know. I I, I would like them to put a legitimate. We got people tweeting who are listening live who want us to take the take the conversation in another direction. I more think Patriots. It's people talking about football. To be honest with you, oh, you gotta love that. You gotta love <laughs> no, that. No, no, go it's on because sport. because I had something to say. But keep going. I'll yeah, finish yeah. the thought. Yeah, yeah, no. Please do. What was that thought again? No. <laughs> Here, the, about not tinkering. So right, you right. think that they shouldn't tinker very much? I think that – well, I just – and we talked about this before where Dombrowski maybe doesn't have an affinity for – and, you know, that affinity sometimes maybe clouds judgment and stuff like that. But I would hate to see him just, you know, mortgage this first – you know, rated farm system, you know, just yeah. to kind of put his own imprint on the team. And in like a knee jerk move, like everybody's saying, Oh, we need a, uh, uh we need a um, number one starter and all this stuff. But I don't, I don't really know if you do need that. I mean, yeah, the team was playing bad, but I put a lot of that more on situational hitting than I do on, uh, on the, on the pitching. I put know? it on crappy starting pitching, but I yeah. don't think you need the number one, $200 million ace to solve that problem. Yeah. Here's the comp. The Padres. We talk about the Padres every couple weeks on the show. Mm-hmm. I think when AJ Preller changed everything about the Padres, now almost twelve months ago, time flies. Mm-hmm. Everybody in baseball took notice, and in, in last January, everybody was like, "Damn, we should do what the Padres do." But now, by about you know May or June, they were like, "Nah, yeah, <laughs> we're not going to do this." And I think everybody took notice of that. And Dombrowski would be stupid not to say that didn't work in San Diego. Yeah. Different, different cities, different situations, different markets. But we can still learn something from this guy. Yeah. And and we shouldn't blow everything up. We shouldn't sell down the river to get the free agent pitcher to make the huge trade for the outfielder to try to fill every damn need and decimate the farm system. Yeah. San Diego's got no farm system anymore. Yeah. We have to get away from that idea of putting together a fantasy team before the you know, it's fine to be kind of gray on certain areas and just have some young guys maybe come up and and come into their own and having some a little bit of needs at the deadline that you can fill as opposed to weighing them down 
with these position fillers like Hanley and you know Pablo and like just you know bringing them in to sell panda hats. I mean, it's it's insane. But I mean, we're obviously going to have those guys. Here's the thing, okay? Don't bring in one of those those huge high priced guys, seven years, two hundred million dollars stuff. But maybe throw David Price out there, a five year, hundred fifty million dollar deal. How about this? And see if he bites. How about Mike Leak? How about a guy on that level? That next level, Mike Leak is no ace. Maybe, probably not a number two, but like a really good three. Let's be honest. So, what about bringing Mike Leak and another guy like that? Or, and this is crazy, mm-hmm. bring in Matt Latos or somebody like that. Buy really, really low wow. Wow. on a starter. Look at Latos's numbers. Look him up because we're going to talk about him in Dodgers rap next mm-hmm. hour. Mm-hmm. Look him up, except for 2015. Yeah, really satisfactory. Totally fell off the rails this year. Do you call up Latos and say, hey, man, we'll give you a one-year deal. We'll give you $5 million bucks. You can rebuild your value here. And if you do pretty well, we got first dibs on another two- or three-year deal. No, we don't do that. He wow. is garbage. I mean, maybe. Really? You're going to give up on him after, like. I'm giving up on him. It, it was That's bad That's what happens when guys LA. give up. They go. They're really good when they're in the major <laughs> leagues. And then they're awful. And then they're out of the major leagues. And they're pitching for the, the, the uh, guys, Long Island team that Long uh, Island Ducks. Rich Hill was. Guy's not up 30. Up until about Latos, six weeks ago. Latos is not 30. He's not 30? No. He's 29? Yes. Wow. Are you willing amazing. to give up on a guy like that? I'm saying he, guys like that, and it may not be Leto specifically, but those buy low guys who had bad years. It would have been Josh Johnson if he didn't get injured again. Yeah. But it's guys like that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm down for buying low, just not Latos particularly. How about a ooh. guy like Doug Fista, who Dombrowski had in Detroit and, you know, had a little bit of a down year, but definitely knows the American League. So I I, I, I kind of see them doing that, and that, that is going to reek to the common fan of, oh, my God, we're doing this again? Yep. We're going to bring in a bunch of number three starters and hopes that hopefully it does? The one thing is, and Peter Abraham has put this idea in my head about four weeks ago, and, you know, I, I'm interested. If Preller is looking to dump... James Shields and his huge contract it matches up pretty good numbers wise with Hanram if he wants that guy I mean there's no DH in the NL Preller, obviously Preller just but, went through both Uptons he doesn't want yeah, Hanley Ramirez I know uh, but if you made it Hanram and you know made it work with some prospects oof. so Hanram Henry Owens Oh, too much already. Nope. Manuel Margo. Nope. Nope. We're, get, we're also getting Tyson Ross in this deal. H- Henry Owens is a non-starter to me because here's my point. Here's my thing. When you look at off-season pitching for the Red Sox, the biggest question you probably have to ask yourself is, do we have an ace within our organization already? And Owens and Rodriguez, hey, you don't know yet. Right. So do you go get a David Price? Do you go get a Mike Leake? Do you lock up this whole rotation? And then you find out that Henry Owens is really, really, really good. And you say, well, crap, do we give up the young guy? Do we give up a guy we just signed that's going to yeah. be a tough trade? What the hell do we do? One thing I don't want to do is have those guys be going off, Eduardo Rodriguez and uh, Henry Owens, and then have to shut them down a la New York Mets are doing this year. You know, So I want to maybe... And you know my affinity for both of our catches, and I want to keep them. <laughs> so why don't we start out with a six-man rotation right off the bat last next year? You know, let those guys get their innings so they're not capped at the end. And, you know, you you have Vasquez take three, Swihart take three, and, uh, you know, 
see who works well with who, you know, and hash it out. I'd be a fan of every AL team going to the six-man rotation. It's a wonder they don't use it more because you just don't need the pinch hitters. You don't need as many bench guys in the AL. You can lose one bench guy. Right. And not sacrificing the bullpen. Yeah, and especially when one of your bench guys is Brock Holt. Who can, yeah. You know, he can pitch for it if you need to be. But uh, who else impressed us here over these last two weeks? I mean, Rich Hill, just incredible. He would probably be the number one star over the last couple of weeks. So, so Rich Hill, let's be clear, though. Mm-hmm. Three guys impressed me, Eddie Rodriguez, Henry Owens, and Rich Hill, but there means different things. Mm-hmm. Eddie Rodriguez, I think, is the furthest along between him and Owens. He's a guy you're probably expecting to start 34 times next year. Henry Owens, I don't know. We'll see if there's an innings limit. We'll see how he does. Maybe he doesn't start next year in the major leagues. It depends in spring training. But I think you'd expect a lot out of him at this point. And then Rich Hill, all he's done is earn himself a contract for spring training. Great story. Do not pencil this guy in anywhere. This yeah. is not a future piece. This Maybe you get another good year out of him or yeah. another decent, not this good, but yeah. another decent year out of him. But he's not a he's not a dude who's going to win 20 games for the Red Sox. <laughs> hey, You'll if, he could, if he can start 20 next year, <laughs> that'll be something. That's you know, true. That'll, that'll be good for something. I mean, you need some guys to eat innings. And if he's one of these guys that, you know, was a big arm when he was younger, but finally through – you know, independent league after independent yeah. league, find a way to kind of tap into that at a later life. I think a couple of years of that, sure, <laughs> hometown boy, I can get behind him. But yes. Owens has been great. I mean, his last two versus he faced Baltimore twice in like a span of like eleven days, and he uh, shut him out both times. I mean, it's pretty sick. But uh, maybe maybe Bob Conley was wrong on that one. Maybe we shouldn't trade him just yet. I think you keep Henry Owens. I think you keep Eddie Rodriguez. You traded for Rodriguez for a reason. You have Henry Owens as one of the better pitching prospects coming up right now, maybe in all of baseball. I think uh, I think you got to see what you have in these two guys. I look at other teams who brought pitching prospects up, including the Rockies, who brought very young, very big-time pitching prospects up, who struggle. It's the major leagues. It's tough rookie season. You struggle when you first come. And, and Rodriguez is, again, more advanced. But Owens didn't struggle as badly as some of these other guys. I think Owens is a little bit ahead of that curve. And I think if you give up on him now, either A, you just made a huge mistake, or B, you better be damn sure what you get in return. Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you're going to have to – it's like the old saying goes, you're going to have to – you get what you pay for. You're going to have to give up something to get something. So I'm thinking if they do go a route to bring back a controllable stud starter, then Owens – it's going to have to be in the deal. I mean, you have to give him something. So what's, what's controllable for you, like three years? Because Shields is what, four more years? Well – I'm not talking about Shields as that because Tyson Ross was going to be in that deal. So oh. a young stud with number one stuff. And I love Ross, too, because he doesn't give up home runs. You know, that's perfect for Fenway. And uh, I believe he leads the NL. He was the save metrics guy in uh, home runs allowed but, uh, among starters. But um, I don't have that info right in He does. In front He's of me. allowed. Right in here. He allowed. Somewhere. I, I want to say he allowed three all season until he faced the Rockies a couple weeks ago. Allowed three in the game. Whoa. But still, I mean, five or six or whatever wow. is absurd that for is a full absurd. season. Yeah. That is absurd. That is a big pock down now. But. Um, so so that's what I'm saying. So if you go after a Tyson Ross, a Sonny Gray, a Carlos Carrasco, or whew, if they would ever move him, Chris Acha, one of these young, like 25 or younger guys that has already kind of shown it. You'll never get Chris Archer. Yeah, you'll never get Chris Archer. Never in the division. But if Preller does a panic move and he f- feels like he's got to, you know, bolster his farm system, which is pillaged, 
you know, and we can just dangle and he takes Hanley off of us and we pay, you know, 30% of Hanley's deal. We'll take Shields and pay him. We'll take Tyson Ross and we'll give you Henry Owens, Hanram, Manuel Margot, and Anthony Benintendi. Does that get it done? No, they, they wouldn't take two center fielders. So one of those two and I hate to give up Raphael Devers, but maybe him. And get Tyson Ross and James Shields, and you bring those two arms in with what you got. Boom, six man rotation. I easy. feel like I feel like you're giving up a lot. You feel like that's a, a lot. lot. <laughs> Tyson Ross is good. No, he is. I'm not saying Tyson Ross and James Shields is really really good, if only for the fact that he is so damn consistent. People don't value consistency like they should. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're giving up a lot, a lot. And and Hanram, who needs to go, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's that's huge. <laughs> I mean, just, it's just a lot to dump Hanley Ramirez. That's one of those. We'll deals. take Will Middlebrooks back too for um, Panda. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those deals you will look at. I think if you did something like that in a hypothetical, that's one of those deals you'll look at in four years, and Hanley Ramirez will be like collecting checks. Somebody will be paying him not to play baseball. Mm. Probably you, and like a Bobby Bonilla situation where his contract just keeps going. Oh yeah, that's awesome. And uh, and Henry Owens is going to be you know an eighteen game winner every year. And uh, Manuel Margot or somebody is going to, you know, be a silver slugger or gold glove or fill in the blank. And you're going to be like, you know what? That James Shields Tommy John surgery came at the worst time. <laughs> so you're with me then. We're going to stand pat. <laughs> I'm okay with standing pat. I think the thing, you do the little things that people don't realize. You go, you raid the Rule 5 draft. You're talking about relievers. Look at how teams have picked up relievers recently. Power arm guys, Rule 5. Find a guy who played in double A somewhere in the minor leagues who isn't protected on a 40 man roster but throws 100 miles an hour yeah. and maybe is a little more wild than you'd like yeah. and say, hey, bro, you touched triple digits. Let's put you in the bullpen and see what happens. Yeah. You can get a lot of like diamond in the rough guys on things like that. And that should be the whole Pawtucket staff, should yeah. be guys like that. I mean, you, you play your prospects in double in, in A. Triple A has to be the, you know, supplant the majors. So if you're horrible in the bullpen, Get a bunch of bullpen arms down here and teach some of these guys that, you know, hit the triple digits to pitch. But Now, so here's a question. Based on how Fenway plays, do you believe more or less, not always, but more or less, is it relatively, I don't want to say easy, but is it relatively, there's a path to develop hitters, regardless of who the hitter is. You don't need to be a first-round draft pick stud. You can develop pretty good hitters from a lot of situations. In other words... Because it's a relatively offensive park, are you going to go and say, we need to get as many pitchers as we can, stock up pitching prospects, stock up starting pitchers, whatever it is, however we do it, knowing that we will be able to develop the next Travis Shaw, the next Blake Swihart, you know, the next Brock Holt who was hitting for a while earlier, whoever it is, we can develop the next one of those guys if we have to give up the current one. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the way every uh baseball team should operate regardless of Pac. I mean, as far as, like, well, all the draft picks you're bringing in, 50% of them got to be arms. Yes. You know that right off the top. I mean, you just run through arms like that. And then, of the remaining 50%, you know, like we've talked about before, 40% of those, 45% of that should be, uh, you know, up the middle. Catcher, shortstop, center field. But it's then a, you can I mean, split those out. At the major league level, it's a little different park to park. Like, San Diego and Miami play totally differently. You know, Denver and, and Wrigley Field play totally differently, so you, you have to do it a little bit differently. But I think Boston, because it's on the offensive side for sure, yeah. you can probably say, hey, we can take a marginal offensive prospect and assume he's going to do okay. We can trade the really good one because somebody else is coming and we can get pitchers back. And, and if we've got, 
X number of stud pitchers, half of them are going to work out. 40% of them are going to, whatever the thing is, right. enough will work out that makes it worth our while. Yeah, it's a numbers game. I mean, then you obviously have to have the you know, developmental system in place. I mean, yep. just look at the Cardinals, you know, it's... They're ridiculous. You know, Martinez goes down, and who do they get to both the bullpen? Wainwright's coming. It doesn't matter because they're going to succeed. That's the thing. It's crazy. (laughs) It's insane. You know, uh, who was it? Matt Adams went down. They didn't miss a beat. Matt Hawley went down for a while. Didn't miss a beat. Went and got Brandon Moss. Could have went and got, like, a Carlos Gonzalez or a superstar outfitter. They were like, no, we're good with Brandon Moss. Brandon Moss. Didn't miss a beat. Yeah. They're amazing. They're they're, they're definitely the... uh, the blueprint, you know, they're the Patriots of the uh, Major League Baseball. You know, the team you want to kind of be like. All right. You know? <laughs> There's no countdown clock in Do now. the Cardinals oh. play all four quarters? Uh, <laughs> you're a clown. They, I mean, they, they kind of sputted in that third quarter, but, I mean. I mean, Yeah, they did. You know, they had they had a little bit of a letdown, but they, they seem to gonna be have enough to get the central i thought pittsburgh was going to catch him i was kind of hoping but a uh, couple a couple more questions for you dustin yes, pedroia how much longer does he have in boston playing well since he's been back he has he had that uh that two homer game versus baltimore yeah on that route um I, i've been hearing i was talking to a friend actually today where i went over and watched the the bats game at his house and he said he's been hearing like we're gonna move him you know but i mean who who would take him? It's the same thing I asked about Chase Utley, and the Dodgers took him, and Chase Utley hasn't been playing that great. No, who who Pedroia's would take? got a hell of a lot more left in the tank than I Chase so. Utley. But you're talking about thirty plus second baseman. Like you better be damn special. You better be Robinson Cano, and he went on a free agent deal. Yeah. you better be damn special to go as a second man. No slight to him. Pedroia's a great guy. Yeah, but who has that need? He's a dynamo. Uh, anybody would have a need for him, but it is a situation Ooh. where. You know, buy low, sell high. I mean, if he gets on a hot streak and somebody gives you a king's ransom, then maybe I do it. But I just see him I as one of those guys that I want to be a career red Sox. You're not going to get a king's ransom anyways with his age and the position he plays. I mean, you're going to get what a mid level guy back. Then it keep depends him on money. If he has, if he has a, a healthy year next year and you know hits 25 homers as a second baseman, there's going to be people lining up to get him. You know, and he. Mm. he He's going to have, like, at the end of the next year, he'll have, what, three years remaining on his deal? That's probably about $45 million-ish? It's just, it's 45, a, it's, $50 million? It's a lot to move to for a second To have that baseman. guy who's great in the clubhouse, a constant gamer? You're, on the, you're the guy that wanted to run Ortiz out of town in, in June. I did because he's 72. I'm not, I'm not a gamer guy. I can't define gamer. I'm not. Well, see, that's the, why you're the type of guy that brings in Pablo and Henry. <laughs> I would not have brought in Pablo or Henry. I would not have brought in either wow. one of those guys. Because their war is terrible. Um, couple others. Clay Buckholtz had a bullpen session. Red Sox going to evaluate him. Probably not going to pitch in the next seven days. What do we think about Clay? He coming back next year? Uh, yes. Pitching, you know. And his option is like, what? 13 mil? That's peanuts, you know. For, yeah. and, you know, for a guy that... You know, maybe can give you a hometown discount when we re-up him, you know, after this kind of good faith option year. And, uh, you know, he could be a guy that wins 15 games for you. I mean, we've swung to a blue in the face about I don't want to, you know, cheer for a team that has Clay Buckles as the number one. But he's got number two stuff, no question. <laughs> number two? Who? okay. You don't think he'd be a second, good second starter? Mm-hmm. 
Go right in between uh, Tyson Ross and James Chance. <laughs> you know? boom, boom. I love how you've just, in you your know? head, you've just assumed that this yeah. is happening. Well, I, I, you know, well, let's stand pat. Tinker with the bullpen. Let's bring in some guys, and let's see what this team that has been winning uh, for the past couple of months can do. So, that have won 18 out of the last 29 at Fenway to finish 43 and 38 at Fenway this year. That's up from last year's 34 and 47. So. That would, that's a terrible last year's record at Fenway. Terrible. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you. The other thing, speaking of the last couple of months, interim manager, grade him, A through F, what's he get? <sighs> I mean, I'm, I B plus, A minus. I mean, the guy's been great, you know. Um, that's why. I'm, oh man, wondering with all this turnover and stuff, you know. I mean, is John Farrell going to come back and have a job, or is it going to be like, hey, you know, congrats on beating cancer? Here's your pink slip. No, I see it the other way. I see they definitely bring Farrell back because he's a longtime baseball guy, pretty yeah. well respected. I think Lavulo goes and gets um, goes and gets another manager job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who will be our bench coach? Then I wonder. Jim Ed. Don Zimmer? Jim Ed. Oh, Don Zimmer's still alive? Well, I don't know. No, he's not. I'm so. kidding. But he, he, didn't, away, he right? didn't die that long ago. Yoan uh, Moncada, number one Red Sox prospect on MLBpipeline.com. Do you put him in a trade or do you want to see him in the bigs? I kind of want to see him in the bigs. And that's why there's clamoring of, um, you know, moving Pedroia because we have Moncada. He's a stud. We're paying him a bunch of money. But he still is. On the shy side of 20, I believe. Yeah. I think he's still in his 19 years. So I'm not in a hurry to see this guy even next year in the big leagues. I want another season in the minors. You know, Do you know the contract specifics? A lot of the contracts with the Cuban guys, though, have a they time They have period. to make the... If, you're, if I'm not on the active roster by X date, I can become a free agent. That yep. was Alex Guerrero in Los Angeles. And because Guerrero was older, it might have been a little bit different. Yeah. But I don't know that specific in yeah, I don't contract. I have to look into that. But uh, maybe for next week. But uh, if I don't get uh, absolutely crinkled on Saturday night. But uh, <laughs> the um, but uh, so I'm not rushing him. So if he does have that clause in the contact, keep him keep him down as long as you can. But yeah. you know, I mean, I, I, the kids. I mean, he's got a, the body of a 25 year old at 19. So I mean, he's. He's definitely impressive striking figure, so. Will he keep the body of a 25-year-old at 40, though? Uh, like this? Ugh. What? No. Okay. All right. And last question for me before we bounce. <laughs> um, that third pitcher, who the hell is it? For the The trivia hour? question. Oh, oh. Young, young Kim. Oh! Right? He was a Rocky, right? He was a Rocky before. Oh, he was, he was, it was, he before? was a Rocky in like 02, 03, I want to say. Okay. I think so. Okay. It was right around there. He either came from Boston to Denver or Denver to Boston. Yeah. Damn it. I should have gotten that. Right, right. Oh, boy. He Old was, good friend BK. BK? Yeah. <laughs> I remember I've got a, I got a college roommate who's from Boston, from uh, Westwood. And sure. he said, uh, <laughs> I can't remember what I did. I did something to him. Or the Rockies picked up BK or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, you have BK Kim now, right? And I'm like, yeah, the guy who blew the World Series for the Diamondback, you know, all those things, who was great but is remembered for blowing the World Series. Had a great oh. career. Oh, yeah. And he's like, listen to me. He's a Red Sox fan. He goes, listen to me. I don't ever want you to forget what BK Kim put my people through. <laughs> That's awesome. That's and awesome. he came to Denver, and BK was like trash for a year and a half. Yeah. And then the Reds, uh, the Rockies sent him down to AAA, and he was like, I'm not going to report. And they were like, see ya. <laughs> and, I, and I don't think he ever pitched in the big leagues again. Oh, my word. So he's in Korea right now, still pitching. I'm not lying. Up until a couple of years ago, he was still pitching in Korea. He I bet he could sling be. it still over there, you know, being be an all-star in that league. Oh, all right. Well, okay. this will be the final final uh, 
final week of the season for the Bo Sox. Hopefully we can pull 7-0, and but uh, I'll I'll settle for lock, knocking the Yankees out of the AL East division uh, contention. Well, yeah, big That'll deal. What's, nice. what's the Blue Jays' magic number one? Just the fact that we'll be in the Bronx when that's happening, you know. It's probably like we'll, three. We'll be fantastic. I mean, and hey, sweep them and just have another, some of those other teams get hot, do a leapfrog, knock them out entirely. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. They, I don't they, think they're so. too far. They're pretty much locked in in that, that first wild card. Yeah, they, the Yankees are going to the postseason. I don't think they're going to do very well, but they're going to the postseason. Yeah, I mean, who are they going to throw in that game? That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be great. How about Andrew Miller, though? Throw him in that game? No, 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 no. Is is oh. like figuring it out with the Yankees because yeah. you know you saw this guy coming up. He was the he was a big time college guy, huge oh. dude. Never figured it out in Boston. Failed a couple different places, and then I was like, oh, he's probably never going to figure it out. He's doing okay. He kind of figured it out in Boston. We we traded him for a pretty good pitcher. That's yeah. true, but I mean, Atlanta. but remember how big he was. He was Strasburg. He was that kind of a yeah. pitcher coming up. Yeah. He was supposed to be a stud, and he with never the did that. Yeah. yeah. But hey, you know he's figuring it out now, and uh, it got us hopefully a, a future number one starter for the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, so we'll take that any day of the week. But uh, okay, we should uh, let these people go, and hopefully they'll tune in for your show. You want to tell them where they can find you on Twitter? Uh, I'm at Bobby Demuro, and if you got nothing to do and you're live streaming this right now, we're gonna literally flip seats. Do Dodgers Rap 360 and I'm uh, go talk to the it restroom out. real quick. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs> Uh, to another edition of Red Sox Rap 360. He's Bobby. I'm Mike. Go Sox. Free Tom Brady. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 